Hey y'all, I'm Maddie, author, speaker, and certified sommelier. I think we can all agree that life can get pretty tough at times. So I'm going on a journey to uncover how some of my favorite people are chasing joy in their lives. And I'm bringing you along with me. Through personal stories and funny encounters, I'm chatting with authors and entrepreneurs, musicians and brands to learn how they hang on to the good in life, even as the trouble comes. Because as life gets hard, joy is a choice we can make together. I'm Maddie, and this is the Enjoy Life Podcast. Hey, y'all, this week's guest, oh my gosh, was a total dream for me. Many of you, like me, have probably followed Annie F. Downs for years and years on her hugely successful podcast, That Sounds Fun, and have read many of her books over the years. Some of you may even go to her church or watch her teach online at Crosspoint Nashville. She is the real deal. She is the queen of fun, as I've dubbed her on this episode. And I love the way that she explained that fun is not frivolous. And even as deep people of faith, that the way that we pursue fun and the things that used to bring us joy as kids is actually sort of a way to connect deeper with God. She talks about the fact that when we think back to what we used to love as kids, that God can use fun experiences to teach us what brings life to us as adults. And that that when we think back on what brought us joy and invite God into that and pray, hey, Lord, show me how this can bring life back to me as a 20, 30, 40-year-old person, that He gives us the opportunity to connect with Him in fun ways and feel that rest and freedom that we did when we did those things when we were younger. It's just a really cool encouragement to all of us to, to take some time and plan some time to not be so serious, because spirituality and faith and loving God doesn't always have to be so serious. I just love the way that she describes fun and what it means to our faith. We also get a really cool kind of behind the scenes look at her not overnight success. I think as a fan, I didn't realize the years of struggle and the 47 rejection she got on her first book. And I think all of this struggle that she went through to move toward this career and this platform that God eventually had for her brought her to the realization that joy and contentment come, as she says, when we learn to love the life we're in right now. And we learn how to want well and dream big with God and claim what we think that He has called us to in our lives, but also have the trust and have the humility and have the gratitude to love where we are right now. I just always walk away from a conversation with Annie feeling uplifted, feeling excited about life. That's just who she is. Her joy is contagious. Her wisdom is deep. And I know y'all are going to love this episode with Annie F. Downs, the queen of fun. Annie F. Downs. Welcome to my quote-unquote studio. Maddie, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> uh, for everyone at home, this is our second meeting. You don't meeting have to tell because the Because I watched the technology, but <laughs> full of grace, as she always is, we're back and we're we're rolling. It was and great. I'm so glad. It was and fine. We got to talk, talk for half an hour and it was a great break, for a lunch break for me. It was. That day. And now you're like a little Christmas gift because we're recording right. a few days before Christmas. That's right. And so thank you for your time. I know oh it's gosh, really busy and obviously this is a thrill for me. I've been a fan for many years and a friend now. So yes, that's right. Really special, but. Mutual. 
Part of how I like to start the Enjoy Life show is because this is Music City. Yeah. Because I grew up in music, even though I'm subpar at karaoke. Uh-huh. What would be a walkout song for your life right now? Um, do you know, I just was talking to a friend about this last night. I, this is a terrible answer. No, it's a great answer. I love Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. Yes. I just think that's such a great walkout song (laughs) of like, um, I I just feel like it has so much, there's a lot of power in it. Yeah. But also anything Eminem. Like the reason I was talking to a friend last night is we saw Avatar and in one of the previews, there's a, maybe it's for the Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant-Man or one of those. And the preview had a new Eminem song and I was just like, I love that guy. I love that music. It gets me so hype. So it would be Big Pimpin' or Eminem. That's exactly the kind of answer that I wanted. I Is that your vibe going into 2023? Yeah, I think so. I feel like 2023, I mean, the, if I, I don't really pick a word at the beginning of the year, I'm a little more self-centered than that. And I pick around my birthday, <laughs> which is in July. And so I'm kind of like, what's my year, God? Well, I'm is. not talking about everyone else's year. But if I have a sense for next year, for me and for our team at work, it is very focused and very um, driven, but not making new things. More like we know the road, we just need to drive it. And so there, it, that does feel the like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, the beat. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, just like, like keep that the beat totally going. Feels, the bass beat. That's, that's right. your vibe. That feels that's like fun. next year. That's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Are you a musician? I no, love you. Do, you I mean, love music. It's I such a big part it. of your life. I am a I would never pursue it as a career. I'm I'm very C B level at any type of like I played French horn in middle school, so I know I how to read music. You would say I love that. it. Can you still play? Maybe. I have a mouthpiece and yeah. I can I've tried a couple of times. I can play piano in like a really spotty way. I can play guitar enough to like lead worship for a small group. Yeah. Like I'm that yeah, level, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Where no one wants my voice by itself, but if you need an alto, I can like do that. <laughs> but you don't like need me. So I'm that level musician, yeah. but I do Love it. I don't have the experience that a lot of musicians and a lot of our friends here in town have of like, I can sit and listen to anybody play anything and have an experience. That's not exactly how I am with music. And, but I do really love it. I just love what it makes you feel. Yeah. And so I, I do have a lot of respect for it and love yeah, for it. I agree with you on that. I'm like great in a 200 person choir. Yes. Like my one exactly addition right, in yes. addition to the 199 yeah. is like the cherry on top. You don't top. want me in probably a quartet. Yeah. <laughs> but you want me in 200 because I can hold it. I can hold the notes. Yes. You, you tell me what to sing. I can sing it back. That's but amazing. But that's about it. Yeah. I love the French horn so much. That is the role of the French horn, right? Like just right? be in here. You probably don't have a solo except once at Christmas. But without you, we can tell a difference. And so that's why that's I just love that instrument. Is there one musician you haven't been able to interview yet that you would just love to talk to? Well, I still would love to have Dolly and Reba on. Mm, I feel like they obviously. would be. Yeah, I would love to have either of them. Uh, yeah, they're the they're the two that come to my most. I would like Garth and Trisha. I think I they're Trisha. really. I know, I, and they're just a really interesting story to mm-hmm. me and how they cheer for each other is really unique yeah in such a public space you know so they're probably the ones if we're thinking country and they're the ones that i'm like yeah waiting on and jay-z oh gosh can you imagine <laughs> i i don't even know where i'd start so marcus mumford is on that list too of like yeah. who i'm dying to have on but i have a real conundrum because I'm such a super fan of Mumford and Sons and Marcus Mumford that what you know this from your life when you become friends with yeah. an artist you have to be chill about their music. Yeah. I mean you can be a fan but you can't lose it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I lose it in Marcus Mumford stuff and at Mumford and Sons shows. <laughs> and so 
I'm not sure I'm ready to give up the super fan totally. freedom yeah. in order to be his friend. Yeah. That sounds terrible. But do you know what I mean? I do. And and I, I hope you hear this as a compliment, Annie, but I don't see you holding your cool really well. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I do have a realization of like, now people know y'all are friends. Uh, you can't scream the loudest. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. Or like at a show, people know you're there. So now they're going to look and yeah. see if you're there. And that just throws me off. It's so, too much. But this is not me rejecting Marcus Mumford. Marcus, yeah. if you'd like to come on the pod. You're more than welcome. Certainly the reason you haven't been on isn't because of me. Yeah, like I haven't exactly. been like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Okay. So your show and your books and your platform is, yeah. that sounds fun. People yeah. know that. Y'all have a podcast network. How many shows are on it? 17. Golly. I mean, it's growing. Yeah. I feel like every month Isn't this year crazy? I saw a new. Congratulations. Yeah, it's thank you. It's super awesome. It is really fun. And that has sort of become who you are. You're like the queen of fun. I don't know yeah. if everyone's ever dubbed you that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. that. I'll um, take it. So I want to know from you because you are a fun person I know from following you and from being a friend. Yeah. And you love life and travel and you're an Enneagram 7 and all yep. of that fits you. You are also a deeply faithful woman and a teacher. Mm, thank you. And I want to know from you, why is fun spiritual? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know that people would have dubbed that true if you just said that sentence to anyone because it feels like fun is frivolous. Mm -hmm. And what, we've, what I've actually seen, and the reason we even wrote we, me. The reason I even wrote That Sounds Fun, the book, is because in my experience with guests on the podcast, I mean, you've been on, and the last question I ask is, what sounds fun to you? And and the reason I started asking that is I was, I kind of was like a, let's play along with the title. And then people started giving really profound and different answers. And what happens, and our friends listening can test this at dinner tonight. What happens if you say to someone, what sounds fun to you? And then you ask why about three times what you end up getting is an actual heart answer. Mm. Well, because my grandparents and I, or yeah, when I was a kid, I, or when back before this thing happened, this is something, mm. and that thing is usually tragedy, sadness, difficulty, yeah. bump in the road. This is what I used to do. And man, that sounds fun. And, and so fun is spiritual because what we actually notice when we identify our fun and pursue it is that we are pursuing something that, that makes things feel more simple and more free. Hmm. And so if we go there and go, man, why do I love this so much? I love this because I feel like I'm not in charge. And I love this because oh, I yeah. feel like I can rest. And I love this because I feel like when I was in middle school, I didn't worry as much and I didn't worry yeah. about this. And then you go, oh, okay, God, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And and where can I still find that now? Because like I used to, I mean, I loved my grandmothers. I think a lot of people love their grandparents. Yeah, yeah. And I loved my grandmothers. And one of my set of grandparents lived across the driveway from us growing up. And so I saw them every day. And so my my uh, grandmother, we used to snap beans on our front porch, yes, snap, snap yes. green beans. And as I have thought through what is it, like when I think back, that is one of the most simple, fun experiences of my childhood. And what is it? It It, it isn't vegetables, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it isn't that. So what is it? And so as I process it, I'm like, well, what it is, is that I love that I didn't think about anything. I just sat there and I was with people that I loved and I felt really safe. I didn't know that as a seven-year-old, but, yeah. but I know that now. So then you go, so what can I do to get there again? Well, we don't own that house anymore. Yeah. My grandmother passed away 15 years ago and I don't like cooking. 
So none of these things can be replicated as is. What I can do is go, okay, what helps my brain to rest? Mm, yeah. And it's warmth. It's being outside and being warm. It is putting my hands to something, but she also taught me how to cross stitch. Yeah, yeah. And that I do still love. And so I do that. So so that's how it ends up being spiritual is it God uses our fun experiences to help teach us what really brings life to our, mm. us individually. And then if we ask him, I, I think Holy Spirit will will give us an invitation to find a version of that in the life we have right now to connect with God in that same way that we did when we were younger. That's so good. Isn't that wild that that is fun? When I first, I think, heard you think about like the thing that can set you free is the thing that set you free as a kid, basically. And I was like, I mean, what did I do? Like I played sports, but I'm not going to go out and play basketball right now, you know? So, but I realized when I took up golfing after Ben died strictly because it was something he loved that I wanted to learn to do. And then I got out there and I was like, this is what I did. And this is an appropriate adult way to do this. That's right. That's exactly right. It's so powerful. And I wonder like when, when Christ says, be like the little children, like, is that the way we do that? Is that the first step toward like childlike faith? Yeah, or is that I a think stretch? so. I don't, no, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch. And and even if it is a stretch, I don't care. Yeah. Because yeah. I like the idea of it. I, I I think the gospel can handle our stretches. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's very fair. So yes. I think if we think, did Jesus mean this is what it means to pursue faith like a little child? And we try mm-hmm. and we feel more faith-filled. Yes, he did. I love that. You know? So yeah, I think you're right. I think there is something to... Even even our friends who are listening that didn't have safe childhoods, mm, mm-hmm. they had safe people. Mm-hmm. They had safe moments, hopefully. It's why teachers matter so much, is often in an unsafe childhood, the safe adult is your teacher. Yeah. And so even in your brain, if you go, okay, what made me feel safe about my third grade teacher? Well, she was creative and she hugged us a lot. And, and so then you go, okay, what does that look like in my life today? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I should be around kids more. Maybe I should ask God, what is the creativity that is in me that hasn't come out yet? And, and what do I need healed from when I was a kid? And, and, and so he's just, everything is spiritual. That's so good. And I even had a thought somewhat recently about not just what were the activities that were fun to me as a kid, but I was trying to reflect on like, what were the the positive things that my teachers always said to my mom about me as a kid? Oh, wow. And do I still have those qualities or have I like grown up out of them? Yeah. And some of them were there, but they were kind of buried. And I was Did like- Did you like go find your report cards? Well, I have boxes of those upstairs yes. because I'm a first child and my mother forced them on me. Yep. But um, no, I just kind of talked with her about yeah. it and tried to reflect back. And I think, I think the core was there, but I think that I had- quote unquote, matured out of some of them or wow. hardened out of some of them wow. that I've been prayerful to soften back to again. Yes. And I think that's really cool. I mean, my number one feedback f- as a kid was she talks a lot, right? That's and so, so surprising. You go like, oh, shocking, right? <laughs> and you're like, okay, so that I understand in a classroom setting that can be problematic. <laughs> and yeah. That needs to be alerted to the parents. <laughs> and also... Yeah, that makes tons of sense for who I became. I think it's but awesome. that's a great idea to go back and what what compliments did you get before yeah. you paid attention to the compliments yeah. you got? Yeah. Yeah. You started your career writing for teenagers. Yeah, that's right. And were a teacher. Yes. And you have many BFF books yes. and podcasts. Yes. And why is that important to you? Well, a couple of reasons. I mean, I... Uh, one reason is if we're going to reach the parents, I want to reach the kids. If our influence reaches into the lives, I mean, you you know this from your work, from your dad's life, like 
I know how to sing Way Down Yonder of the Chattahoochee because my parents <laughs> yes, played it when we yes. were in the boat, right? So so that is, that's part of it is what affects the parents affects the kids. And so if you can build things for children, the parents are the ones who invited in. And the, the scripture I know how to, that I have memorized, the most scripture I've memorized is songs I sang as a kid. Yeah. And so that that's one of the reasons. The other reason is, I never stopped wanting to influence, to be an influencing voice in children's lives. Mm. For a long time, that looked like teaching elementary school. Yeah. And then it looked like volunteering at my church's kids ministry and youth ministry. Then it looked like writing books for middle school and high school girls. And now it looks like investing in my nephews and my friends' kids that I call my mini yeah. BFFs, right? And so like even yesterday at our office, some kids came for a lunch. One of them is like, 13. And I tossed a card at her and it fell on the floor and she said, pick it up. And I said, you're right. I should. The mom said, Annie, as another adult in this village, you cannot let her talk to you like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that's it. You know, that's right. I did knock it on the floor. She should have been more polite. We were playing around, but her her mom saying, Hey, you're another parenting voice in my child's life. You can be fun, but you can't let her be disrespectful. That's where it is right now for me. So that's why it matters is I, I, feel a little built for that. I, yeah. I feel like God is, I wanted to be a teacher from third grade, from third grade. Yeah. I wanted to be wow. a teacher and never straight. I never thought about another job. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I never considered another major. I wish I had a one time taken a business class. <laughs> had know. I known, I was like, <laughs> Lord, I was listening to you in college. Yeah, yeah. All you had to say was business 101, yeah. and I wouldn't have understood, but I'd have taken it, I hope. Maybe he did. We'll get to heaven. He'll be yeah. like, Annie, I'm going to replay this video for you. I for did you. actually say this to you. Um, but I never I never considered another career. I always thought teaching would be it. And so I still feel like I'm doing that when my next kid's book that comes out in September, I dedicated to my kids that I taught at the two elementary schools and my plan, I have one of the things my um, assistant is working on is finding all my students Sweet. on Facebook so I can send them all one. Cause I'm like, y'all are who I would have done this for a decade ago. I just wasn't doing this a decade ago. Yeah. Kids think I'm fun. I like you have a, fun. yeah, I have a weird, there's a family here in town that won't let me come over after seven because I just <laughs> have a smell that makes kids yeah. insane. Yeah. And I can be doing, you that. and I can be doing this yeah. and two kids could be here losing their minds yeah. and I'm not doing I mean no, you're if just you knew Maddie there. how many times I said to parents I'm not doing anything yeah, I'm just here I'm just here and this happens oh, that's so hilarious. I think God always made me a little bit kid friendly yeah I think that's amazing I think that's amazing so a lot of people I feel like don't know the transition from your the only thing you've ever imagined is being a teacher yeah. you're living in Atlanta or outside yep. of Atlanta yeah and you had a really long road to yeah. get where you are now. Obviously, yeah. people here, there's no overnight success, but you have a right. very powerful story. But um, everybody thinks there's overnight successes yes. because there's new new artist of the year, someone who's been on the road for right. a decade, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. And just that whole journey totally. with God? I started writing in, I'll put years to it. I, I started teaching school in 2003. I was 23. 
I'm 42. In 2006, I started writing while I was still teaching school. I wrote a Bible study for teen girls that were in my church. They just wanted like a month. They wanted to go deeper than their small groups were going on Sunday nights. And so the youth pastor said, can you do a Monday night Bible study? And then any high school girl that wants to come can come. And I was like, sure. And I ended up writing a, um, I would write them stories every week and I'd write it over the weekend. I'd go to my school on Monday. I'd print them on my classroom (laughs) printer and print them out for everybody. They'd come on Monday night. They'd bring their little three ring notebook and they'd add the next story. They would spread out all over my house. I had a Keurig, which was very forward in 2006. Yes. And all these high school girls loved making coffee. You know, <laughs> they would make coffee. We would eat cookies. We had, this is so gross, but this is like so high school ministry, right? We would, we had one tin of cookies that you could taste it and put it back if you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was oh just my disgusting. Gosh, I love but it. like, come on, youth group, I know. 2006. That's, that was That's okay. That's amazing. Then. Yeah, I think we're past the statute of limitations of getting in trouble for that <laughs> with, with, I don't know who, CDC. So when I finished writing that, one of the girls said at the end of that semester, she said, Annie, will you print one more of these and staple it like a book so I can give it to a friend? And I was like, like a book? Huh. Did I just write a book? And I pulled up the whole document and it was like 20,000 words. And I was like, huh. And so that really set me on this path of like, I mean, in 2006, Google was also not as smart as it is now yeah. and not as fast. And so I said, how do you become a Christian author? Yeah. And it had real answers for me on the first page <laughs> because that. nobody knew, you know? <laughs> and so I just kind of started following what Google told me to do. I went to a writer's conference and I kind of went to the writer's conference like, it was one day in Atlanta. And I was like, if... If this is boring, that tells me everything. If this sets me on fire, that tells me everything. And I mean, two hours in and I was like, oh boy, I want to do this. Again, that's 2006. I didn't, I taught school until 2008. And when I moved here to Nashville, so I moved to Nashville to pursue that kind of, of like, this was a town that already had a lot of people working in coffee shops. And at the time, Atlanta didn't have as many. And so it was more like, why don't you have a job versus freelance world? I know that sounds crazy to people now, but 15 years ago, it was not crazy. It was like, what are y'all doing sitting in coffee shops? And so I came up here to pursue it. And and the the non-overnight successes, in 2008, I moved here. In 2009, I signed with an agent. By the end of 2010, so 15 months, we had 47 rejections on that one book. That was what I had written for the teenagers, for the girls at my house. And they, at that point, my agent and I broke up because as you know, agents don't make money if they don't, you don't pay an agent. So if they don't make money, if you don't sign a book deal. And so it was kind of like, we should be done done here. here. You're not making money. I'm not making money. And then I self-published it. And my parents loaned me $4,000 to self-publish. And I worked for a year and a half to pay them back. And I self-published it and kind of went, there it goes. There's the dream. I did it. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is a year later, a publisher who had previously rejected it came back around and because they saw how many we sold ourselves on Amazon. And so Zondervan picked it up then. And then that kind of strapped me to the front of a train and it has been going since then. But the good thing for people to hear that want to be in this kind of field is I wrote the book in 2006. It was not on shelves until 2012. Yeah. One thing I heard you sharing about that one time is I think you had a little hiatus in Scotland in yeah, between that's right. and saying that you'd felt disappointed leaving because you had told everyone in Nashville you were a yes. writer. Yes. And when I tell you, Annie F. Downs, I've listened to you for 
Lord knows how many years. <laughs> I don't think anything you've ever said has struck me as deeply. Wow. Because I feel that way. I felt yeah. that way my whole 20s, and it just happens to be the same profession, but have had that calling since I was 19 yeah. years old, changed yeah. all of my major, and I was like, I'm going to write books one day. And yes. then for all of my 20s, had no idea what that was going to be, and honestly yeah. felt like I was wasting something that I know God gave yes. me. And then even with a published book, I still don't feel like that's true. Yeah. Why is it important to claim what we know we can be even yes. when we're not. That's good. And why is that why is that honor God and why is that a, an important way to dream? Yeah, so it was both and for me because I needed to come here and say that because I needed to but I think first thing, I, I'm not a big fan of manifesting. I just don't think it it doesn't match yeah. the Bible, to be honest. And so I'm sorry if that makes people angry, but that isn't exactly how it works. I think there's prayer. I think there's belief. I think there is power in your words. Your words have the power of life and death is what scripture says. So I do really believe that. But I think part of why we say things out loud is that we have to believe it first. So for me, the one I'm sitting in now is I'm not married yet, don't have kids yet, and and would still love to get married. And so I say out loud, I'm not married yet. Yeah. Because I'm also not 43 yet, but I really hope it happens. I have no promises <laughs> that I will make it to 43, 43, but I really hope I do. Yeah. And the same is true with getting married. I really hope. And so when you're saying I'm a writer and I, I'm a writer who isn't published yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then what you're saying is, just like I hope I turn whatever year is next, I can say yet to that. Yeah. Yet is a fine word to add to that. And the other interesting part, though, Maddie, for me is when I moved here and said I'm an author and then nothing worked out and I had to take a break from that and move to Scotland, yeah. The Lord, it, it's almost like a piece of raw chicken getting ripped in half, is I, I had to be separated as Annie from Annie the author. Hmm. And I don't think the, I don't, I think the Lord was sparing me from an implosion by separating my identity from my job before he gave me the job. Oh, wow. And so now that you and I have the job, yeah. neither of us if podcasting went away, if writing books went away, you are still Maddie. I'm still Annie. Yeah. And had the Lord handed me opportunities in 2009 that he handed me in 12, 13, 14, I would have believed that I was the thing that was making it happen. And now I know like, no, nah, I know me, but me and my job are not, not even though my job is my life. I mean, I, I was writing yesterday and I wrote about how that verse in oh, Thessalonians, I think. I only know this because I Googled it yesterday, but I think it's First Thessalonians 2.8, but don't be sure about that. But it's where, he's, where Paul says, we loved you so much, we didn't only share the glory of the, go the story of the gospel with you, but our very own lives. Mm. And, and because that's what you and I are called to, our identity can't be our job. Yeah. Because we're, we love, hopefully, the people we're serving on the yeah. other side of our work so much that we can say we don't just share the gospel with you, but we share our own lives with you. Yeah. And so, so both are important. It is important to speak out what you believe God is doing with your life, and it's important to not let your identity be yeah. so tied up in what you're called to that if God doesn't do it the way you thought it, can you you can, go back and tell twenty year old you oh, that the book you write is about your first husband dying? What a dis you would you'd say don't give me do that it. don't mm -mm. yeah no. if that's what it takes to Plan write a book B. don't do it don't I'm not willing and and yet God saw a better story. All of our stories involve deep tragedy and heartache. That is 
That is just human. a fact of yes. life. And so we would never pick it. And if he just said to you, the calling that is on your life, I mean, I, the Lord and I rolled around about this last night because I said, if the calling on my life means that I miss out on some things I really want, that is a really painful truth. But that better mean that this work mm-hmm. rescues people from hell. Mm, absolutely. I mean, amen. Right. Yeah. And I think what I hear from you, which I love, is that in the valley season of the waiting, of yeah. the of the praying, God, this is what I hope you have for me to become, yeah. but I'm disappointed and I'm yeah. going overseas and I'm ripping the chicken <laughs> and I'm hanging it up for a That's second. Right. That's but right. the way there's joy in that is something that I heard you say on your Advent stuff, which yeah. I, of course, listen to every Thanks. day, about falling in love with your life where it is. Yeah. And whether that is professional, whether that is personal, can you just tell us why that means so much to you? Because yeah. for some reason that, I don't know if that I've heard someone say it quite that way. Yeah. I mean, when people ask me, particularly at live events where we do a and a or whatever, and someone says, what would you say to your 20-year-old self? I, my first thing, as you heard me say, is where are your retainers? So where good. your retainers? Why did you? Why wouldn't it's you true. if your parents paid for your braces? Just wear your retainers. But then the second thing I always say is fall in love with your life because I think... I got so annoyed at my friend, Annie, you know, Annie Barnes. I got so annoyed at Annie Barnes. She knows this because when she got pregnant with her first kid, she was like, oh, I just wasn't ready to be done being just me and Dave. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you need to say this to somebody else. Yeah, You need to say this <laughs> I'm not to your somebody audience. else. Yeah. But what she was actually modeling really beautifully is she fought, she loves her life every season. Mm. And so she still could be disappointed if they got a negative uh, pregnancy test, still can be disappointed if things don't work out just right. But what she models still to me is, oh, I love this season that all of our kids are in elementary school. Yeah. And I am... I will be sad when they're older and I will love when they're older and I miss them being babies. And I love this too. She just, she models really well, love what you have. Yeah. And, and so I try to do that too. So even last night's a great example, being unmarried and allows you to do whatever you want with your calendar. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. I can literally do whatever. I I mean, I have work, I have responsibilities, but I'm not balancing someone else's life with my life. And so last night I went to dinner at Avatar with two of my friends, a married couple who I love being with. The three of us just lined up and saw Avatar. And, and, And I got to do just what I wanted. And so I had a conversation with the Lord of like, hey, this is another night where I'm really grateful that would I like to have my partner sitting next to me in the in the fourth chair that was empty? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would Baja Burrito been better if I wouldn't have paid for it? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, oh burrito. god, I love Baja Burrito, dear everyone. When you come to Nashville, <laughs> no, eat at I Baja. Know. So, so I can list out the ways that my life is disappointing, mm-hmm. and those can be true. And in the other hand, I can hold. I'm so thankful for the life mm-hmm. I do get to live that yeah. I, I I don't have to build around a husband or kids' schedules right now. Yeah, hopefully I will someday, but I haven't for the last 20 years of my adult life, yeah. and 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 so I get to do what I want. So falling in love with your life is this opportunity that exactly what you have today is intentional. The hurt, yeah. the disappointment, the yeah. joys, the calendar. Can you love it? Yeah, and I think it's important that you're honest. It doesn't mean you have to like exactly where your life is, but you can love what you have right now and hope for all of those other things. And is that, like, is that the contentment? Like, is that the contentment 
that Paul writes about. I think so. Because it sounds I, like it. Right. I, mean, I think the contentment we, we, I won't speak for you, but contentment I was taught in youth group was when you, when you don't want anything is when you get everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. That like <laughs> when you, when you are just thrilled yeah. and don't have any wants, that's when he'll surprise you. I, the Lord so will funny. surprise you with the money or the partner <laughs> or the, you know, and the reality is we don't get fed dinner when we stop being hungry. Yeah. Our hunger, we should not deny when we are hungry for something. Now, can we have an over 18 conversation about this? Yes. Okay. So, any BFFs, plug your ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A great hunger conversation to have is sexual, right? Of going like, I am made this way. This is who I am. What do I do with that hunger? Right. Yeah. So, so you think about that and you think, well, you don't, it isn't shutting it down that makes you a healthy person. Totally. It is. uh, I think it is Michael Todd who talks about the difference between fire in a fireplace and fire in a yard. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Right? Very different outcomes. Very different. You do not. And so so when we think about that, we go, okay, what do I do with that hunger? How do I be content but not kill the hunger that would make me less human? Yeah. And we don't, we're made divinely. Yeah. And so all that is part of us. So... Even the hungers that could lead to sin, we have an opportunity to go, God, I don't feel content, but what does it look like to be satisfied today? Yeah. Right? And how can you, how can you teach me and step into that? And, and so that, that is true sexually. That's true relationally. That's yeah. true spiritually. Yeah. That is true financially. Mm. It's like, man, I would love a bigger house. I'm, I'm, I live in a condo and my, I keep trying to get a door block that is a, Beep, 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 beep. Oh, you know? compound, whatever yes. it's called, the buttons. And my door is so old that every, we've, we're on our third one we've tried. And every door is so old. Every one of them doesn't work quite right because the door is so old. So here's me. I would love a new house. Annie, you want a new house because of your door? Just Let's because talk about of it. the keypad. Uh-huh. 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 Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I feel the hunger. Yeah. And I want to be content because I really love where I live. And so what does contentment look like? Contentment looks like, do I really need it to beep, bop, beep? Or can I just do, why do I have to have it connected to my phone? Yeah. Can you just go back to the first one you had that beep, bop, beep, fine? Yeah. That was just buttons. <laughs> and so there is a contentment without denying that the hunger exists yeah. and without letting it lead you to sin. Yeah. I, I just don't, I think the contentment, the 90s conversation about contentment being a thing that you, uh, a level you reach when you stop wanting has never been true. No. And I think that that's short selling God because yes. I'll never forget having a, a very, very, very close friend of mine ask me after Ben died, we had somebody that we grew up with have a similar brain injury and wow. very similar, eerily similar. And she said, how did you, how did you pray for her? And I said, to be totally honest with you, I don't, I didn't feel like I could right away Certainly. because I didn't feel like it mattered because yeah. I prayed the same prayer. Yeah, right. And it didn't happen. You're like, I've tried this before. And then she asked me Oof. again later, like about a year later, something going on in her life. And I said, you know what? I said, the only thing I know to tell you is that me asking the Lord for something I know he can do very well knowing there's probably a high probability he's not going to give it is worship to his ears because it's uh. just honoring him in spite of what you know, the gift that I'm not getting. And, 
And I do feel that way. And I hate that that's true. But I think that it's, that's what you're talking about is yes. like, God, I know you and every good and perfect gift comes from you. Yep. And, and it may be the gift I want. Yes. But I know you're going to have something for me to unwrap. And I hope it looks like I want it to look, but it may not. And I love you anyway. Yeah, that's like, it. That's so hard. That's contentment. And that is worship. And that is like, because the thing that we all want right now, if everybody listening to us could write back and tell us what they want, when we get that thing, we will want something else. Yes, The always. wanting does not stop. You eat lunch and you still want dinner. The wanting doesn't stop. And so I can't act like a new house to match a door is actually <laughs> going to satisfy me because then I wish I had a better bathtub. And then, and, and, and I can't think that getting married is going to satisfy all my desires because once I'm married, yeah. then I'm going to want yeah. a this and a this and a this and a this, right? Yeah. So instead of teaching ourselves that contentment comes when you stop wanting, it's learning how to want well. Oh, that's right. Weird. And and, yeah. and you're doing that in that prayer story of yeah. going like, I am learning how to approach you in a way that says, here's what I want. Mm -hmm. And wanting well means releasing it to you yeah. and trusting that the gift you hand back is the answer, mm. even if it is a... a my counselor calls it a painful gift. Yeah. Even if it's a painful gift. When we get the painful gifts, I feel like you've said you don't have a hard life, but you've had a really hard year. Yeah. How do we honestly grieve with God? Yeah. And not turn away from Him because yeah. you've had a very hard year. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That is what I have said toward the end of this year is I don't have a hard life, but this has been a hard year of yeah. my life. Um, because, and I, and I don't, think it's worth encouraging anyone to do grief versus grief to challenge Never. each other's Never. pain. But I also recognize I have a warm house and yeah. I have a fridge that has lunch in it for me. And so I recognize that on that globally, I think there's a difference in comparing your pain globally and comparing your pain locally. Totally. Right. Yeah. Comparatively globally. Yeah. I think it's very fair to pay attention yes. that I am a woman who's allowed to stand on a stage and talk about Jesus. Yes. And that gets me actually murdered in other countries yes. on earth. So globally, fair. my life is not hard. Locally, <laughs> within my story, I've grieved a lot this year. I had a painful breakup and I tore, I've had, I haven't had surgery in my whole life except getting my tonsils out and I had three this year. Oh God. I, my nephew passed away, as you know, I had, had a, my sister had a baby that was born with genetic problems that made him not able to live for very long. And he lived 56 days. And so, so it's just been a lot. And that's the stuff I public, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's yeah. tiny, tiny cuts all over the place. And so I, I even have found myself in the last week. I mean, I said to the Lord just through tears day before yesterday, if that is true, that is hard for me when it comes to you and me. That's what mm -hmm. I said. Yeah. If this story is true that someone has told me about how someone told me a story about how God answers prayers. And I was like, Hey, if that's true, this is going to be hard for us mm. because if that's true and then, but I think the way I want to answer your question is by saying when you are grieving, don't leave the us of you and God. Oh yes. That's so right. Good. So that's why yeah. I said, it's going to be hard for us. I'm not going anywhere because yeah. we're going to be us, but but you, we're gonna have to like sort that yeah. out because that hurts my feelings. Yeah, I someone asked me yesterday what I learned. You know, we're doing that gospel podcast. Read the so gospel. let's read the gospels. Yeah. yeah, where we're reading it once a month. And the reason we're doing it as a podcast is I did it as a practice in 2020. And it really changed my life. And this woman interviewing me said, "Tell me what that means." And I said, "Well, I, you know, when you go home 
with someone from college and see their hometown for the first time. It just like, when you're back at school, you just understand them a little yeah, bit better. Yeah. I felt, I feel like that was what happened to me when I read the gospels yeah, over and over as I went home with Jesus. That's so beautiful. From college or something. <laughs> I don't know. So that when we're back in my life, I'm like, I understand that now. I understand wow. how you can talk to me about me and my sister's relationship. Cause you sat there with Mary Martha yeah. so much and I get it. You've seen That's sisters awesome. forever. I get it. You know? And so I say that to say to you, that same Jesus is the us that I can have issues with how things are going in my life, but I'm not going to leave the us. Yeah. Right. And so the temptation that all of us feel is when we're grieving or when we're heartbroken or when we're disappointed, you can speak to this as much as anybody. The temptation is, I I, I think the temptation is not, God, I don't want to talk to you. I'm running from you. The temptation is, I don't want to feel anything. And I think yeah. because I love you and you love me, if I come towards you, it's going to hurt yeah. because I'm going to actually have to feel all the things that are in me. Yeah. So instead of walking towards you, I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. Yeah. And that will hurt less. Yeah. So I'm not going anywhere. I need a break. Yeah. Yeah. And he's okay with that. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I do. my real life friends are okay with that. My, yeah. When I've been in relationships, they're okay with, hey, we're both going to sit on the couch and watch TV. We're both mad. And... And yet we're just going to watch TV. I'm not going to go home because if I go home, we're going to live in this anger. But I can we like do two innings of this baseball game yeah. and then talk about it? I think this is true. I think God, through the Holy Spirit, allows us to be in relationship with him that is an actual relationship. Yeah. That actually yeah. has ebbs and flows. And when you move to a new city or a new house or you get in a new relationship, things adjust with everything. Yeah. And so when I move to a new house, I've got to figure out me and God in my new house. And when my job changes, I got to figure out me and God in my new job. And when I start a new relationship, I got to figure out me and God in the new relationship, just like I do with my parents and just That's my awesome. friends, right? And, and so in grief, that is true too. Very true. I think exponentially so. And if I can turn one of your own questions yeah. on you, that is one of my favorites. What in your ebb and flow yeah. of the us of you and God after this hard year, what do you know about him now that you didn't before? Oh gosh. What do I know about God that I didn't know before 2022? Oof. It's a great question. That is a great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's good for me to think about because I, I don't know that I have enough. He is a sustainer. When I think I am unable to go any farther, he sustains. I don't know. I think it was my first run-in with with this kind of grief, and it was my first run-in with grief stacking. <laughs> have you heard grief people stacking. talk? Yeah, have you heard people talk about fun stacking or joy stacking? No, it's a it's a practice for Sabbath. A lot yeah, is going yeah. like do three different things you love it all back to back. Well, my experience, particularly uh, the first week of August, was pretty massive grief stacking. I tore my MCL or I, I tore my, my meniscus disc in my knee. We had a real uh, relational tragedy happen in our community and my nephew died all in eight days. Mm -mm. And, and I just had never been through anything like that. And when I tore up my knee, I was laying in bed that night and I was just sobbing. And I said to Jesus, I can't do this. I can barely hold what you've given me to hold emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I'm barely making it right now because on top of the grief stacking, I have a job. Yeah. And I have a I had a book release that Tuesday of that same week. Chase the Fun, the 100 Day yeah. Devotional. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So in the grief stacking, what I experienced is I did not do that very well. I should have laid on my couch a little bit more. I kind of said to myself a few times, 
how's that going to help? Just get up and go. Yeah. It, it, it actually helps more if you just get your work done today. So mm -hmm. everybody doesn't get behind, then what are you going to do lay on your couch? But I don't think that was good theology and psychology for my mm -hmm. brain as my counselor and I have processed <laughs> Um, but he sustained me when I wouldn't let myself stop and grieve. He still sustained me mm. when I did have moments or days of stopping and grieving. He sustained me. I think I know that better than I've ever known. Yeah. Is that he kind of is like a, I don't know the right word. He's a, he's a, he's a float. Yeah. In a storm a little bit where you just don't know how you're going to make it. I think almost of a, a, yeah, a rescue float that somehow has enough food and water and yeah. whatever. And just to get through it, I didn't know he was like that. I bet you've got that. I agree with that. Profound in every way. knowledge. Of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. 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 It is just simply supernatural. I think that's why we struggle with yeah. words to describe what it feels yes. like. Yes. It's like autopilot, but he's the pilot. Right. And it's one of the reasons that on days when your life is normal, pursuing relationship with God when it doesn't feel like anything really matters because you're actually depositing in the relationship. Yes. And God writes checks off of that, off of those. Yeah. When you with the same is true with anyone, right? Like yeah. you were able to text me in the middle of my grief because we've built a friendship on normal days yeah. that made that made it easier for me to receive encouragement from you yeah. than it would have before we ever met. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same is true with God. It's not that you earn his his ability to sustain you. He sustains no. all of us. It is that when you know him better, you experience it better. Mm -hmm. And so on the days where life is boring or where everything's fine and we still pursue God, I think that just that relationship strengthens in a yeah. way that shows up for you yeah. when it's hard. Yeah. Well, I think it's in that position, it's hard to learn in real heartbroken time that he's trustworthy. Yeah, that's But if right. you've learned that already then he's a safe place yes. to land 100%. and fight and grieve and turn away for a minute Yes, because you can trust him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and that is, I mean, <laughs> like when I was having my hard conversation with the Lord this week, I just kept saying, I mean, I trust you, yeah. but, What's and I didn't trust you, but, and I was like, hey, if this is true, you know, and so I, but I do trust him. Yeah. I do trust him. Even even when things are painful. One thing I really appreciated about you vocalizing all this that you went through was saying that you felt nervous about how people might judge you continuing to have fun yeah. and do things that were fun. And I felt that on a very deep level I'm in sure. grief, like am I moving too fast? Am I, am I avoiding or am I really being generous to myself? Yes. And so I guess... As the queen of fun yeah, and someone who's gone through really, really hard things, why is it important and not selfish to do that when we're hurting? Yeah, it was so hard because my family didn't want us to publicly talk about my nephew dying for a while. So yeah. I didn't put, and we knew he was sick in the womb. Yeah. And so, you know, he was born and lived two months and the internet had no idea he existed. 
And so then I was able to just live my life and, and balance those things. But I had to really pursue, I made a list, the best summer ever, and, and including concerts and weddings and um, activities I wanted to do and things I wanted to try, sporting events I wanted to go to, because I just had to have these rungs on the ladder that I knew I could, I was grabbing for even in grief. And so even when TJ was dying, my nephew, even when my knee was so messed up, even when we, our community was suffering, I, I, I knew I had these things and it mattered to me. My natural bent is to pursue fun. Right. And so it mattered to me to still be Annie Mm. and to still be like, well, I I actually can hold joy and suffering. I've learned that inside out taught us that, right? Like that joy and suffering go better together. So I can actually hold both, but the internet doesn't get to determine our community online doesn't get to determine when we've suffered enough that now we can celebrate. Yeah. That's just not fair. And so instead we go, no, actually uh, it doesn't matter how much I've suffered. It, it is appropriate for me to go to a concert. Yeah. It is okay for me to go celebrate someone's birthday. Yeah. It is okay. And so it is holding both of those things yes. and saying to people like, while you suffer, you can laugh. I mean, yeah. scripture says even in laughter, the heart may ache. Yeah. Like even the writers of the Bible understood that you could be grieving and laughing. Yeah. And so we do. I I would argue that there's no more important time to celebrate really than when you're grieving. Yeah. That was a huge way that I I don't even want to say combated grief because you don't want to combat grief, but a way it, it felt like the only agency for joy I had. Oh wow. And yeah. nothing I had no reason to be happy or joyful yes. about any yes. of the circumstances, but I felt like whether it was his birthday, which was a deeply painful thing to choose yeah, to celebrate, yeah. or a freaking sunny day walk with a friend. I was right. just like, this is all I have. Yes. And this is the only choice I have for yes. something good until this heals. And so I would argue it's not only not selfish, it's really, it's it's a way that you love yourself yes. and create your own light in that moment. Yeah, that's right. And so I just, I appreciated you acknowledging that there's a guilt that comes when you do that. And I don't like that. I don't think that's how God would want us to feel. No, I I think anytime we're looking at someone else and going, should they be fill in the blank? Yeah. That usually says something we feel judged by our own selves by. It's time to pull out the mirror. Yeah, that's right. Because when you're, should they be dressing like that? Well, why do you care? Yeah. Uh, Oh, you care? Well, let me say me. I won't say anybody else. Why is she dressing like that on the internet? Okay, Annie, why do you care? Well, you care because are you actually just jealous that she can? Are you jealous of her confidence? Are you jealous of her body? Are you jealous of her freedom? Okay. Well, that's that's actually true. It's not even about her. It's really about you. And the same is true with grief and suffering and, and, and joy is that when we look at someone else and go, how, how can they be happy? What, what actually is reflecting back to me is I'm not happy yeah. or I don't think that person deserves to be happy. And that's an even deeper, what's the jealousy? Yeah, what's yeah, the envy? Yeah. What's the, and so I try on first or second blink of hearing myself <laughs> be a brat about someone else and their process of whatever of going, even if that's true, even if she mm-hmm. f- random, she should not be dressed like that on the internet. Also, I don't like to should people, so that should tell yeah. you something. If you're shooting people, that is you're already dealing with operating in shame anyway somehow. But if I'm shooting someone on the internet, she shouldn't or she should. Then I'm like, I need to stop and figure out what's yep. going on in me. Yep, logs and specs. Yeah, it's that's an right. Awful game. That's right. It's an <laughs> awful game. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, can I ask you something? I always want to ask someone if they are 
in a wiser decade ahead of me. I'm not going <laughs> to yes. say older, oh, but you already said older. your age. Yes. And I will say we are almost exactly a decade apart yeah. because you can find birthdays on the internet. That's right. So I've thought so much in the last several years about what is wisdom really yeah. and how do we move toward it? Because I don't think you ever gain it all at once. No. And so I want to know what wisdom looks like to you now yeah. that it didn't when you were 32. It's slower. I that know. is my favorite answer. Uh, I'm that not awful, even though. kidding. <laughs> yes. It's like I scripted you to say yes. that. I want to know why, because I think that too. Yeah, it's slower because, and I am a very fast-paced person, and so good decisions can be made fast, and sometimes wise decisions can be made fast. Often, wise decisions marinate and mature mm -hmm. over over time. It doesn't have to be six years, but it can be yeah. six hours. I tend to want to hire and fire in two minutes. Yes. And yes. and my team around me will say, or we could talk about that Monday. Or we could, you know. So I think wisdom is slower than I thought it was when I was 32 or in my early 30s. I think wisdom is also more attainable than I thought it was. Yeah, I, I think I thought... It'll take me forever to feel wise mm -hmm. or to, and I, and it, you're right. You never get all the way there, mm -hmm. but there is an acknowledgement that is not prideful or self-celebratory to go. I actually do know more than I used to know. I actually do know more than that person who's asking me mm -hmm. because I have six years on them or I have six days on them or yeah. I have, I've done, I have one more book out than them or yeah. I have been married one more year than they've been married or my kid is born and theirs is not born. Like yeah. it does not take a long stretch of time to help for you to have something that helps someone else. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think it does. We think, well, I shouldn't give parenting advice until my kids are out of my house. Well, no, because the person with a two-year-old really needs to hear from the person with a four-year-old yeah. about how to get through that thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's more attainable than you think because it doesn't have to be so far away. Yeah. I ask the Lord for it every day. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, the thing that he says, too. right? Yeah. He say, there's there's not a lot that he goes, ask me for as much as you want and I'll give it to you. And so the other thing about wisdom is other people's future hinges on your wisdom more than your own future hinges on your wisdom. Wow. And so my future, my my wisdom doesn't help me make decisions. Other people's wisdom helps me make decisions, uh -huh, uh -huh. right? It's a waterfall down onto me. Yeah. So, so my mentor, my counselor, my parents, uh, my pastor, they speak into my life. My few things I know mixes up and I make a decision. So their pursuit of wisdom mm. is what actually helps me make decisions. So that is a high calling for me that when I'm pursuing wisdom, it is very often because people who I waterfall onto mm -hmm. are going to make life choices based on how I help them and, and how I answer what they ask. And so I think that's important too, to remember is that the wisdom that God gives you very rarely is about making your own decisions. It's about helping other people make theirs. That's so good. Do you think that's true? I do think that's true. Yeah. And I think it takes the pressure off a little bit. Totally. Because you depend on the people who waterfall you. And and it makes you, you careful who you pay attention people. to. Yes, that's exactly right. Because it does not take me long to go like, man, you gave me bad advice thrice. Yeah. <laughs> so I will have you in my life and you'll be fun to be around. Yeah. But I'm going to quit asking you 
for, you know, even, even, so even dating advice, mm-hmm. asking other women who are in my exact same life place is fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. And I will take their thoughts. Right. I'm looking for people who have done what I want to do. Yes. That are really helping me walk, you know, cause yeah. then a, a da- I've been working with a dating coach. I think I told you this. Yeah. I've had a dating coach kind of speaking into some things for me and she'll tell me to do something. And my single friends will be like, uh, I would never. And yeah. I'm like, Right. Yeah. That is our problem. That's the point. We would never. (laughs) So I need to because I never have. And Dr. Phil says if you keep doing what you always got did, you're gonna keep getting what you always got. Yeah. I mean And so it's things like that of like my mentor Nancy she is not perfect, but she hasn't missed a lot for me. Yeah, I can't tell yeah. you a time she's missed, but I'm sure she's not perfect. I don't have that experience of her, <laughs> but I'm sure she's not. My parents, I mean, my counselor, they're, they have proven to me that their wisdom can be trusted, yeah. and therefore I can use that to help me make decisions. Yeah, those people are are very important in life. Yeah, right. You have to have the right ones. Right. And even, so Annie Barnes, again, let's bring Annie Barnes back into it, who knows how to love her life really well. She's a voice too. Her personality is very different than mine. She is much more cut and dry. I don't always like the way her wisdom feels, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's a little bit more edge of the knife and Uh mine is more like butter knife. Yes. And, um, but she is very often right. Yes. Yes, and I, so I, pay I can attention picture to my Annie Barnes in my head yes. right now. Yes, and I love her. And I love she her. Is, she doesn't miss a lot either. No, and it, but I don't like it. Yeah. When I go back and I'm like, well, that guy that you thought was, yeah. yes, he is, and I'm mad that you knew that <laughs> from the start. And, you know, so oh, it's like a thank you with an eye roll. That's uh, how totally, I feel. Totally. Yes, yeah. I do that yeah. to the Lord too. Probably. <laughs> well, we could go on and on, but I want to end by asking the same question because I want to leave our listeners with something that they might find a little joy in. Yeah. So, What's something bringing you joy right now? Big or small? Silly oh, or sacred? Man, Doesn't I, matter. What is bringing me joy right now? I am excited. I have a couple of days off and it feels great. Like this morning I grilled chicken at 8 a.m. I just have had chicken. No, pre- it's just okay. ready. It's just ready. It just looks like great protein. to have time. Yes, to have protein sitting in my fridge that I can like I use that. whenever I want. And so there's things like that that my life currently doesn't allow a lot of time for. And I have a couple of days that I do have time. And so there's a lot of joy in like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a puzzle together today. And I, I'm, I'm just thankful. I, w- I would love your thought on this. What's bringing me joy is the simple things of like mm-hmm. having some time off and resting. But also I'm trying to sort out, is it right to run across a, across the finish line or is it right to crawl? Or is there not a right and wrong? Because I feel like I'm crawling a little bit and I think that's okay. But I'm kind of like, do I want to shape my life where I'm running across finish lines or do you want to heave your last breath and drop across the finish line (laughs) and be at the feet of Jesus, right? (laughs) And so so in that, I'm saying to you, I'm kind of crawling across the finish line of the year. Um, Really excited about what next year holds. But what's bringing me joy is the idea of like, I can do a puzzle today. I like forgetting what day of the week it is. Yeah. And we only get to do that over the holidays. And then I take the month of July off. Yeah. And one of my goals in July is not to know what day of the week it is. That's awesome. And um, besides Sunday, the Lord's day, um, <laughs> I'd like to know. So I feel that right now. I kind of hope I forget. I love that. Like, I think today's Wednesday. I know that because I went I into work for a minute. Yes. Wednesday. But I'm like, I bet by next Wednesday, I won't know that. I love that. That's kind of fun. And I can confirm back to you that I think that is how you should be crossing the finish line yeah. based on the wisdom you just gave me okay. about slowness. Oh, yeah. You're right. And I think about something you say about if you work 
with your head, Sabbath with your hands, and yes. vice versa. Yes. And with all due respect, I think you're a finish line sprinter, as am I. <laughs> I know. So maybe the way that you savor is by crawling. Yeah. And I love that. That's a very good point because you don't have to crawl because you're tired. You can just crawl by choice. Yeah, exactly. And be slow. Yeah. I love that. That's very good. And a lot of wisdom you're pouring onto me. Oh thank my you. gosh, it's like I just heard I it. Take from, it. You waterfalled yeah, I know, me and I, I just appreciate waterfalled it. you back. Annie, thank you. You are always a joy. Oh, thanks, friend. I'm glad to be around you. It is a treat. Anytime. Anytime. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. Hey, y'all, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button or plus sign on your podcast app. This will ensure you don't miss a single episode. See you next time.